0: O.T. Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Brian Andrew, and I'm here with my favorite nose tackle who has a nose for the waiver wire. Stephen Galindo, how you doing?
1: It is great to be back for another week of O.T. Fantasy Football, and man, I know everybody's wondering, like, let's just get right to it because this was a hard week for me, but Brian, <laughs> Brian totally ran me out the stadium this week. He he's his team just annihilated my team. I mean, it started it started horrible Thursday night. Kelvin Ridley put up a dynamic one point, one point, one reception, five yards. I was hurting. It was my it was my birthday on Thursday. I was eating my birthday dinner, and my birthday present was Kelvin Ridley gifting me one fantasy point. And um yeah, that's how it started off. So Worst congratulations, you know, I'm going to say congrats. Your team did mm. really good. And uh yeah. Yeah, we'll pick it up this week.
0: I uh this is the most points my team has scored this season and it just happened to be against you. And the thing that bugs me the most about it and I know this is, you know, like I don't I don't I don't want to be ungrateful for my win. I'm not going to say that, right? But does it ever bug you when you score a ton of points when you didn't necessarily have to? <laughs> and yeah. then you lost yeah. other weeks where you couldn't have used those points? Yeah, it's, right. That's uh, it's kind of like how I felt, I guess, at the end of it, where I was like, all right, I technically already won going into Monday night. I still play Jordan Addison. In our league, we have it set up where, like, you know, the most points uh, is the tiebreaker at the end of the season. So it, it does help to play your Monday night players. Like You shouldn't bench them. And I always, just a side note, you should never bench your Monday night players. <laughs> you just, it's just at, morally and ethically you shouldn't do it, even if you have the lead. If you if you are up by half a point, just play your just play the the player. You know that that's how I feel. I don't. I am sure you yeah. feel the same way, Steven.
1: No, definitely. Yeah, you should never take a guy out of a spot just because you are ahead already, because that those points. You know, if if at the end of the season, you know your your league is doing tiebreakers by points. You know, four. Like, those points come back to bite you. Last year in our league, <clears throat> in our home league, somebody mm. missed the playoffs by 0. 0.8 points.
0: Yeah. By
1: 0. Yeah. 0. 0.08, or 0. 0.8, actually, 0. 0.80. And I'm so, sure I'm
0: sure you could find somewhere throughout all those weeks, too, that where you could have got that single point from. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was, it was my best week. I don't know. Like I, I, we have some tough matchups coming up in that league, and we're just trying to, you know, make the playoffs and take it from there. But every yeah. win matters. And if it makes you feel better, you will. You will probably beat me in the other league that we're in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so hopefully.
0: I'm 0 and seven. I'm trying to. My goal is just to get one win. I have zero running backs. We'll get into why that's the case later in the show. Yeah. Uh, but you want to <laughs> get into some panic and patience.
1: Well, first, I, I want to update the people on some uh, injuries oh, here. Yeah, um, Kyron Williams was officially put on IR from the Rams, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, Ronnie Rivers was put on IR. So the the top two running backs are put on IR, and then um, Darrell Henderson was signed to the practice squad, elevated up to the active squad on Sunday, and then Royce Freeman was also um, you know on the active roster. I think they suited up four running backs, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. They had Zach Evans and then Miles Gaskin. I don't know if he was suited up. He might have been an inactive.
0: Hey, I think he suited up. He he was technically on the roster before Daryl Henderson was.
1: Yeah. Either way, our out of the stadium pick. Mine was Zach Evans. Yours was Royce Freeman. Royce yeah. Freeman got you know a good half of the carries and snaps. Uh, and then Darrell Henderson, which we were kind of like, oh, like you know, they re-signed him to the practice squad. Is he going to get elevated? And um, sure enough, you know, he he's very familiar with the Rams' offense. It honestly looked like he didn't miss a beat. You know, he got a majority of the um, of the carries, especially. I think he got all the carries within the ten yard line. Um, so he he looks like a strong running back too. You know, for the next couple weeks, they do can, have a couple tough matchups coming up. But can I go on my
0: soapbox for a second, please? Okay. You drafted a decent rookie running back who I believe is probably on most dynasty rosters somewhere, whether it's your taxi squad or whatever, you know. High upside, you know, people thought he had a legitimate chance to not only uh, play this season, but probably give Cam Akers a run for his money. Then Cam Akers goes out. Kyron Williams is the one who steps up. And even then, like if I remember correctly, the Rams drafted Kyron Williams to be basically just a pass catching running back. So we thought Evans was going to get some play, you know. Like once Akers was out, we thought Evans, and then eight, Evans never played. Finally, not only that, Evans never played above Ronnie Rivers. I wouldn't, I would, I would never told you to have any stock in Ronnie Rivers before the season started. So uh, fine. Williams is out, Rivers is out, Akers is out. You have this player that you drafted, and you're just going to bring back Daryl Henderson <laughs> to to play. Like this is an opportunity to to, to give your rookie some rub. And if you want to bring Daryl Henderson as insurance, Royce Freeman as insurance, Miles Gaskin as insurance, go for it. But to not play, to basically not play your rookie at all, who you guys drafted, who. And some people's depth charts, was probably second behind Acres be, in, before Kyron Williams even showed his face this season. To me, I'm like, just just play the rookie. <laughs> like, I like, I'm pretty sure people who have Daryl Henderson are just like, shut up, Ryan. But like, give give Evans a shot. Give give, give him a shot. And then if it's not working well, you have Daryl Henderson, who I guess knows the systems, played with the team for years, sure. But there's a reason why Daryl Henderson. Was off the team because you were content with who you had. And now, so I don't know. I guess, like, our out of the stadium picks, I picked up Zach Evans. I didn't, I, I was just like, why isn't the team playing the rookie? Like, uh-huh. play the guy you already had on your depth chart. There's a reason why he's on your depth chart. And, like, unless you were going to go out there and sign one of these running backs who are made available from another team or something that's different or you're going to trade for someone less. Like you brought in miles Gaskin miles Gaskin would have made more sense in my opinion. I don't know. Just, just my soapbox. Sorry. Yeah,
1: It must. Yeah. It's probably a little closer to home cause you're a Rams fan.
0: I, I'm i also low key hoping they lose some games and then they keep doing this thing where they're trying to win. <laughs> well,
1: they're, they're winning or they've mm-hmm. won some games, and the NFC is not that strong, so they're still in contention for a wild card spot.
0: Yeah, I, I know. Like you can't tell Sean McVay to lose games, right? He's going to try to win his games, and I don't blame him. I think if I was coaching, I'd be the same way. But as a fan, I don't know. Because like, yeah, I mean, when
1: you think about it, if you make the wild card, you are only three games away from the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and then like they you know, could probably it's, they might it's feel literally like they could one do.
1: game at a time, you know. Absolutely. So, um. I have to, real quick, I have to shout out the Fantasy Life app. We're not paid to promote the app, but I use that app. And the only time I have notifications on, on my phone, like I turn off notifications on every app, on everything. Mm -hmm. Like I get no notifications for any social media, for anything, like emails, nothing. Because it bugs me to get beep beep, like all day, right? But the only time of the year when I have a notification that actually goes off is the Fantasy Life app which kind of takes everything like tweets and everything updates and it'll give you a notification pretty quick like when it's posted almost like instantaneously and uh there was a a tweet that somebody said you know sean mcveigh said this in a press conference about darrell henderson and i said you know what yolo like i'm gonna pick him up so i picked him up i stashed him on my bench um, and then he ended up doing pretty well i mean he was on my bench i obviously it was a risky move if i would have started him but Mm -hmm. i mean shout out to the fantasy life app if you don't have it check it out because it really does help during the season when you know a trade happens between teams or you know there's some breaking news of some sort like it it pops up pretty quick so that was just my little two second you know infomercial there on the fantasy life app yeah
0: so uh, now that we're back from our ads (laughs) yeah
1: uh how about uh let's do a double take of Watson. We had Deshaun Watson go down in the first quarter, then mm-hmm. he was not put back in the game. And Cleveland Brown the Cleveland Browns were able to still pull off the win against the Colts. That was actually a good game. And I was surprised that the Colts put up as many points as they did. They actually looked pretty good. Um Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor. Gardner Minshew looked pretty good. I think he scored two touchdowns. So I mean if you're looking for a streaming quarterback, I I wouldn't hesitate to put Gardner Minshew in, you know, depending on the matchup. I'm not sure who they play this week. But I think, you know, he's a a decent streaming option if needed.
0: He 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 is kinda he he played that game like he knew he was the guy moving forward. Like like he he knows like if he has a good year, he's gonna get paid in the off season. And he played like it. He wasn't just trying to like keep a seat warm for Richardson or anything like that. He 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 went out there I saw that you know the 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 coach uh, you know had like uh, QB draws uh, and stuff like that for him and stuff like that. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I see you, Gardner. I I remember when he played at Washington State and he was he was a problem in the Pac-12. And it's cool to see a quarterback of his nature who's like you know wasn't drafted highly or you know wasn't like a first round pick or anything. Still find a still find a job in the NFL. So I'm rooting for the guy
1: yeah speaking of like like not big name quarterbacks you're out of the stadium pick
0: or no, you you know he was my boom
1: your boom yeah your boom tyler uh is it badgent I so. ba- baguette i don't know um <laughs> he led the uh chicago bears to a win over the las vegas raiders um I mean, beating the Ra- anybody can beat the Raiders, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and he didn't. He didn't boom. I'll say that he he kind of stayed right where he was projected to get, but he looked like uh an, like a competent quarterback out there. Like it, it, fantasy to the side, he looked like he was he was he he could lead a team in the NFL, and that's cool. D two quarterback, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He put up um uh, around twelve points, so. Um moving on to the other Watson, Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers, went down on the last drive of the game. And uh he looked like he was in a lot of pain. I didn't really see what exactly happened. It looked like he was grabbing his like knee or his his hamstring, mm-hmm. you know, his upper upper leg area. And so we'll have to monitor that this week. But prior to this game against the Broncos, like he really hasn't Well, he missed the first like three games, but he hasn't really done anything since uh, returning to the field. And I had high hopes for him, especially seeing him in the preseason. I mean, the Packers in general, to me, looked good in the preseason. Obviously, that's preseason football, but I mean, they looked in sync. And then, you know, the last couple games, they just have not looked they have not looked that good. And I don't know if it's a combination of like their running game has not been able to get anything going. I mean, mm-hmm. you would think A.J. Dillon would be able to, you know, be a beast being the lead back in that backfield with Aaron Jones out. But honestly, he is not impressed. And I won't be surprised if, you know, they, they move on from him, you know, after this season.
0: Jordan Love at the beginning of the season. And even now, you still see that there there's some talent there, right? It's just It's just not clicking. It's just the offense is not clicking like the talent's not sinking the chemistry is not there whatever it is it's just not like jordan love can be the qb of the future of this team but i wouldn't be surprised if he's not given the opportunity um but yeah like watson is one of those running not running he's one of those wide receivers at the beginning when who's he was probably drafted what around three or four in most drafts people were really high on him and uh Especially after a pretty successful rookie season and it's just not, hasn't shaped out, shaped up to be that way at all.
1: Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens this week if he's going to play or not. But I mean, for now, like it's hard to trust him as a starter. Um, Another couple quick hits here. We got Zach Ertz was placed on uh, injured reserve. So he'll miss at least the next four games. But the reports say that they do expect him to come back and and play this season. Uh, Also, Dawson Knox was put on IR. He Mm -hmm. needs to have wrist surgery. So this opens up the gates for Dalton Kincaid, who actually looked pretty good when Dawson Mm -hmm. Knox went down. And I think he put up like 16 or 17 points. So um, it's Kincaid's season. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, we'll see we'll see what happens with him. Um and then lastly, uh Daniel Jones missed his second game with a neck injury and I have to I have to say this because it's been on my mind and it's been something I need to get off my chest, but the New York Giants look 20 times better with Tyrod Taylor under center.
0: Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. I'm surprised uh a team hasn't given him a legitimate shot this year like the chargers tried and then they like they stabbed him in the chest
1: yeah the chargers were going <laughs> to start the guy you know he was set to be the quarterback and then you know he got a punctured lung by the medical staff and then you know that's the story of Justin Herbert and then Justin Herbert comes in and mm-hmm. um you know that's
0: it's the way and, the cookie crumbles, sometimes, and, right? And, like it seems like he's been the the quarterback that teams bring in to, you know, I guess, uh m- bridge into their rookie quarterback or so. Like same thing happened with Baker Mayfield, right? Like the Browns brought him in, and then they brought Baker in, I believe, or was it a different QB? Was it Johnny Manziel? Which which one was it? I think it was Baker Mayfield. Okay, so Tyler Taylor. Uh, I think he's a solid quarterback. If I'm the Giants, I would actually stick with him. Yeah, I, I you, I don't think you're rushing Daniel Jones back anytime soon. And if I'm if I'm the Giants too, I know you gave Jones this big contract, but hey, you know, maybe Tyler Taylor is the guy you should be playing. <laughs> well, I guess that's an off-season question, but I think he's a decent streaming option. I'm not gonna like you know if you have a bye week, I would I would. He, he's someone that I trust more than some of these other streaming options, if I'm honest with you.
1: I, I To this day, I don't understand why they extended Daniel Jones.
0: He had I a really no good idea. year. I guess they didn't want to look stupid if he went somewhere else and was successful. But.
1: Yeah, well, it's not paying off. The offense looks not that good when he's under center. His facial expression just always looked confused.
0: (laughs) I was going to bring that up. It was like, he
1: always uh, just always looks confused. Like he doesn't know what the play is, even though he called it in the huddle. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. We'll have to see because the fantasy output of the Giants the last two games has looked really good. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Daniel Jones comes back. Like, are we going to see that? Like, is it going to continue? Like, I know, you know, their line is getting a little healthier and. You know, we'll see when he comes back. But I don't know; it's just hard to like. They're on a two-game winning, or actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, they just won their last game against the Commanders, and then they they lost a close one to the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, they can compete. You know, with Tyrod Taylor under center. I know it's not as easy as just like, oh yeah, you know what, you're out, you're in, type of thing. You know, obviously, yeah, you there's pay a lot the that other, goes behind that. But you
0: pay the other guy, right? But he has, like I said, he has a serious injury, so. If I'm the Giants, I'm not rushing him back.
1: Yeah. And then lastly, uh two arrests were made this week.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints was pulled over for speeding. I believe he was going like 70 miles in a 30 mile zone. You know, and, and you know, we were getting Henry Ruggs vibes there. Gosh, he could have made he could have ruined his whole life and his career with that, and that's I don't understand what he's thinking, but
0: the the, the, the best part about this right now is me and you in the pre show was starting was like going over our, our Panic and Patience players and right now, right before you brought him up, I was like, you know, we should add a lobby there. And I was like, Maybe if we have enough time I'll bring up a lobby. But how about we just preview <laughs> Panic and Patience right now? Would you have patience for Chris Olave at this point?
1: I would trade them. If you can trade them for for name value, I would trade them. The Saints don't look any better with Carr under center. I don't know if it's miscommunication. They're just not in sync. Uh, It's like, I mean, Carr doesn't look like a bad quarterback, but at the same time, the Saints just don't look like they function well together. Like, they're not in sync. They're not on the same, you know, playing field. It's like, the receivers aren't, I don't know if the receivers aren't running the right routes or. What's going on? But when they played the Jaguars this past week, it just mm-hmm. they they made this, they made this tremendous comeback, only to fall short on mistakes, mental mistakes.
0: Carr does look like, and I've I've said this for years, is that I think I think Carr is an NFL quarterback. Like in the world of fantasy, is he always relevant? No, he's just a streaming quarterback at best. But in terms of an NFL, like you could put. Car against, a i mean, you can put Car out there with a bunch of talent, and he has a t- chance to lead you into the playoffs at least, right? And we thought we were getting that with the Saints, but it it's funny because when I'm wa- when I'm watching the games, and a lot of people are pointing at Car that he's not good, but it's like you're right. I think it's more so that the wide receivers are not in sync with Car, more so than Car is being a bad quarterback. And you can see the frustration of Car. Like, I guess. There was a play where Alave stopped running his route halfway through it, and Carr got really upset. And then Carr goes to the sideline, starts yelling at the coordinators and the offensive coaches. Like, yeah, I would trade him. I have, <laughs> you know, I had him, and I and for weeks I saw this. I saw, I saw it for weeks. It's just I knew that he still had name value, and I thought, okay, I can hold on to him. But if I held on to him maybe one or two more weeks more, I probably would have struggled to get rid of him. Especially after yeah. the arrest, and you said there's another arrest
1: <laughs> and then Justin Ross from the Kansas City Chiefs was arrested um, for a misdemeanor. I don't know exactly what the charge is if it was domestic violence or some sort of misconduct, but um he was also you know arrested, and so I haven't seen updates on either one of them. you know we'll see what the league does if they get suspended anytime, but if you can, if you can jump off, you know, ship of Olave and, and ship them somewhere else, I would recommend shipping them for, you mm-hmm. know, another wide receiver too, if you can, you know, some, um, maybe, I'm trying to think of some names that that we can, you know, bring up. Maybe Jacoby Myers or mm-hmm. um, Marquise Brown.
0: Yeah, I would do that. I I was able to
1: maybe a Metcalf, you know.
0: I was able to trade a to a team that had two tight ends as I was able to get one that are one of their tight ends. That's what it is. So like, I think a yeah. could possibly get you a flex running back, you know, like maybe not quite RB one and RB two, but someone who's a flex worthy running back, maybe, but running backs are scarce too. Like, why would they take a chance on a Right. So it's right. Yeah. So.
1: Speaking of receivers that I don't know if I should keep or get rid of, you know, we're going to jump right into patience or panic. Calvin Ridley, you know, I I talked about it at the beginning of the show. One point, he's been very up and down. It's been a roller coaster ride. When he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's definitely off. There has not been any in between. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so it's been very emotional. And um, I want to say, I want to say, I'm I'm sticking with patience at least for another week, mm-hmm. and if he can't put together something against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just got torched by the Rams, as far mm-hmm. as you know passing goes, then I might start to panic, because I feel like there's too much talent there, you know. And he he does look good when, like I said, when he's on, he's on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think though it's a combination. It's not just. Is Calvin really still good? Calvin Ridley still talented. It has a, it's a combination of Trevor Lawrence having to get the ball out so quick mm-hmm. that he's you know now he's utilizing obviously his his slot receiver and Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk is really good as well. Like I know because I had him yeah. last year and um and now that they have a like a another dominant wide receiver or another talented wide receiver, like I feel like a lot of that pressure that Kirk had last year is off of him. And now more so on Ridley. So if the Jaguars can kind of put it together and give Lawrence a little more time to let the play develop, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of better days ahead for Ridley.
0: Yeah, I do think it it starts like the X factor in the situation is Trevor Lawrence. And I do think he's gonna have some good games, but he's kind of just like it's gotten to the point where it's just like, you know what you're getting from Trevor Lawrence. It's just a matter of he's probably gonna throw one touchdown a game to a wide receiver and it's sometimes it's not calvin ridley and that really affects his fantasy status and calvin Ridley is gonna probably and and you know what i think the success of christian kirk might actually help calvin ridley a little bit too it's gonna make defenses respect both and i think sometimes when you have a star wide receiver or someone you know they they the defenses pay a lot of attention to them and now i think uh, i think kirk's going to get a lot more attention it's just like with all the weapons with all the skill players they have you see other teams utilize everyone right like on the rams cooper cup puka Kyron williams everyone's eating <laughs> right it, and it's not like matthew stafford's going out there dropping 30 points a game no like he's staying between 15 and 20 he's, re- he's like you're not starting him but the players around him are eating and you would think the same thing could happen in Jacksonville. Like w- whether or not Trevor Lawrence is getting a lot of fancy production is one thing, but Kelvin should eat, Kirk should eat, Ingram should eat, and, and Etienne should eat, right? So, but the fact that not everyone's eating is it's frustrating because you feel like it should be the best offense and one of the weakest divisions in the league.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And their schedule coming up looks pretty tasty. They got Pittsburgh this week, then they go into the bye. Then they come back against San Francisco, who just got lit up Mm -hmm. by Minnesota. Um, San Francisco's defense is solid, but they've been a little lackluster against the pass, a little more dominant against the run. Yeah. Then they got Tennessee. Then they play Houston. Then they play Cincinnati. These are all defenses that you're not super scared of when it comes to passing. Um, I think the toughest matchup that they have for the rest of the season is Cleveland, and they don't play Cleveland until week uh 14 so Mm -hmm. i mean like i said if really can't get it done this week then i might be looking to ship them out you know during the bye week
0: yeah and going to that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna use i'm gonna say it's patience for me as well simply because i don't know what you're getting back in a trade right now that has the same ceiling as ridley like yeah you might get something that has a much better floor and if you feel like you need a better floor then obviously make a trade right? But if I would say exercise some patience because the ceiling's there. He's still the most talented wide receiver on the team. You know Christian Kirk's good. Like, have some patience because maybe Trevor Lawrence after the bye week is just going to, you know, step it up, and all of a sudden he's going to be super fantasy relevant, and we're going to be picking him in the top five again next year. (laughs)
1: Jaguars, yeah, The Jaguars did look good at the end of the season last year, and so
0: maybe we'll have a a repeat of that. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to Austin Eckler. So you have some stock in Ridley. I have some stock in Eckler. I have Eckler actually in two leagues. And I waited all season for him to come back. And in both games, he's gone under 10 fantasy points. And it's like Joshua Kelly turns it on a notch when he knows he doesn't have the pressure of being RB1 on the Chargers, right? (laughs) Eckler, I think it's patience. I think you have to have patience. I don't think this one's easy for me. You, You can't get cute. If he continues on this trajectory, then maybe you start thinking about trades and maybe trying to get like a at least a, a running back with a better floor. He does have a pretty juicy matchup this week, and I think he's going to have a resurgence, even if like it's under 20 points. You know, he plays Chicago. Nothing about Chicago scares you you know so i would and if the chargers defense could help this offense (laughs) you know that would be helpful too
1: if the chargers don't win on sunday night that this is more so football talk and not fantasy talk like i don't know this is a wasted season for them
0: it's it's funny because i've been following my teams in in sports and I, i don't need to get too into it but uh I've watched a very unserious weekend from all the sports teams that I like. Uh I saw USC not show up to Utah. I saw the Padres allow their manager go to the Giants. I saw the Clippers uh, not pull off a Harden trade, and we're going to go into a season with possibly Marcus Morris starting at Power Ford. And then I'm gonna—I I told myself I'm going to root for the new San Diego FC team, and their logo absolutely sucks. I've seen unserious unserious franchises all weekend do stuff and in that whole thing the Chargers might be the most unserious NFL franchise because they just they have the talent, they have the weapons, they have you would think the front office who brings these players together they draft pretty damn well and they just can't put it together and it's well, some of the most un, it's some of the most disappointing things like me and you both like low key think the Chargers are cool, but we don't we don't like show it too much, <laughs> you know, but it's like mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those things and like Austin Eckler first round pick 28 years old. I'm just gonna throw it out there like we're gonna see how the rest of the season goes, but I'm gonna have some patience.
1: Here's what I'm gonna say about Eckler. He, he's a he's a guy that's gonna get it done. This is his schedule. There's a remaining schedule, and I think this is what's gonna benefit, you know, the uh, patients decision. He has Chicago this week. Then they have the Jets the following week, who are not as dominant against the run as they are the pass. Then they play Detroit, which is kinda tough, you know, mm-hmm. unless Detroit's in Baltimore, then they don't know how to play football. Then they go to Green Bay, which Green Bay's not good, you know, two good against the the run. They play Baltimore and New England, which are kind of middle of the pack run defenses. And then they end their season with Denver, Las Vegas, Buffalo, and then Denver again. Um and then week eighteen. But it's a very juicy matchup or it's a very juicy schedule, remaining schedule for Austin Eckler. Um, I think he's gonna put it together. I think he's gonna figure it out and then he's gonna, you know, make his way to be top five at the position by the end of the season. So Patience is also what I'm choosing because I think he's gonna he's gonna pull it out.
0: Just to throw this out there and I, I don't want to deviate from our opinions on patience. So far since he's been back in his two games, one he got punched in the face, and the second one he sprained his ankle in the first half again. So or twisted his ankle.
1: Yeah. Well I mean there he played two tough defenses, so he goes up against he goes up against Dallas and then You know, he plays Kansas City, so his schedule eases up a little bit. I think he's gonna, you know, make a turnaround here. But uh, moving on to first round running backs, Bijan Robinson, Atlanta Falcons. I don't know what the heck was going on. I don't know, you know, if he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you know, felt sick or whatnot, but supposedly he didn't play. You know, a lot of football on Sunday because you know he was having headaches and and whatnot. And it's funny, you know, it's headaches because you know I make fun of you guys when you guys have headaches and mm-hmm. you guys don't want to play video games um, or you know self-diagnose migraines and whatnot, vertigo. And uh, this guy, you know, he didn't play because he had a headache, and I don't know, you know, the extent of what it is. I guess the league is going to look into it because they're wondering like, why was this not reported? Why did anybody barely hear about it in the middle of the game? So. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Arthur Smith is going to Arthur Smith. And um, I'm a little worried about Bijan. He was a first-round pick. He's had a couple of, you can say, semi-dominant games. But other than that, he's been mediocre, like, fantasy-wise. Like, he's really talented, but he just doesn't get the opportunities, I think, to make him elite, to put him in that elite category. Right. Is he still a running back one? I would say, yeah, he's a lower-end running back one. But he he doesn't get the... He doesn't get the opportunities near the goal line. He doesn't get the the carries that count mm-hmm. to make him into that elite category, that Christian McCaffrey category. If they utilized Bijan Robinson the way they utilized Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, like he's top 3, top 3 running back. Oh yeah. But it's like the Falcons like think it's a challenge to try to win their game without using their first round picks.
0: Yeah, they yeah. <laughs> they have 3 of them. <laughs> And they got all, three first round picks, all talented. It, it's it's yeah. I, I would I would exercise patience because there was a point in the season where I was like, maybe I made the wrong call. Because before the season started, me and you like pulling the curtain, we were both really high on John Robinson, and we're even considering him taking him in most of our drafts. But we decided you went with Chubb, I went with Eckler. You know the what well, we thought were safer picks. And then they're now looking back, we're like, oh maybe Robinson shouldn't because at least he's played every week. And yeah. except for last week, I guess. And <laughs> did he play every week? <laughs> and then but he's been fine. He's been getting double digits except for last week, right? And I would I would exercise patience. Um but yeah, I guess see like the Falcon situation being frustrating. I I don't I, I wouldn't buy any stock in Cordell Patterson or anything like that. But yeah.
1: I mean if you can trade him for a solid running back one, I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know like I wouldn't say, Oh, that's a bad idea.
0: Yeah. You know. Speaking of the former RB one of last year, Josh Jacobs. Uh you know what? I just I just think if I'm if I'm being honest, I'd I have patience too just simply because the running back scene is so scarce the up The ceiling of a Josh Jacobs game is always on the horizon, but uh i would per- i would try to stock up in other positions around him because he's been just as mediocre too a couple dominant I, games I would sell a yeah, couple I'm... dominant games, and that's it like uh I just don't know if the running back scene like are you getting a better running back like like who's out there that you think would be equal? To getting him. Okay, let me ask you: Would you try Would you trade Josh Jacobs for, for Bijan Robinson? Dang,
1: that's yeah. I probably would.
0: Would you trade I Bijan Robinson like, for I Josh feel Jacobs?
1: Like Bijan, I feel like Bijan Robinson's ceiling is a lot higher than Josh Jacobs.
0: Okay, if you have Bijan Robinson and someone offered offered you Josh Jacobs, would you take that? Probably not. Okay, so all right.
1: I mean, you know. Bijan for like a Tony Pollard or an Alvin Kamara, you know, a Saquon Barkley. Hell, I maybe even might do it for Brees Hall.
0: Okay. Would you I trade? Mean, I guess,
1: it, you know, obviously when we say hypothetical trades, like it all depends on where you're at in your roster. Like, yeah, now no, you have two yeah. other, you know, solid running backs or another solid running back where you need to improve your tight end or improve your wide receiver, then, you know, you can, you can look to do that, you know, with Bijan as a a trading piece or Josh Jacobs as a trading piece. And I mean, I said it before the season, I thought Josh Jacobs was not going to be in the top 10, you know, this year. Like there's a long,
0: yeah, there's a long history of not showing up to training camp and then starting off. We talked about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Um, I'm panicking on Josh Jacobs, but (laughs) moving on. Your favorite quarterback of the draft. You're an (laughs) expert in calf strains. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Burrow had one good game. Mm -hmm. I think it was against Seattle. And other than that, like he hasn't really put up any, any big numbers.
0: So his good game actually was against Arizona. Oh, Arizona! And, yes. and then he had a mediocre thirteen point eight points against against yeah, Seattle. Against Seattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, both games though, he's he's thrown TDs. Uh, he's making at least Jamar Chase look good. Uh, so Jamar Chase is getting some life. As you know, and I think that's more important to some fantasy owners, whether you're playing against him or you have him. Uh, the next matchup is against the 49ers. Then it's Buffalo. Then it's Houston. Then it's Baltimore. Then it's Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indiana, or Indianapolis, Minnesota. So yeah, at the end of the season, 14, 15, 16, he plays Colts, Vikings, Steelers. Week 17, plays Kansas City. But to get to that game, to get to that little stretch, I don't know if Joe Burrow is going to lead your fantasy team. I, I I'll be panicking at you. Shouldn't been panicking four weeks ago, but but I I get it that you're probably in that like mode of like the ceiling of Burrows better than the ceiling of the streamers available, right? Uh, but yeah, like he, at this point, I would
1: probably I, trust Matthew Stafford week to week than Joe Burrow.
0: I think if Joe Burrow could go against the 49ers, who you said, you know, they they have a great defense, but their secondary is a little suspect. If he could go and play at Santa Clara and have a good, solid 19 to 21 points or something like that, I think he's good. If he could have a back-to-back San Francisco-Buffalo performance... I think you can start him the rest of the way. If he's going out there getting you 15 points or less in both of those matchups, then you can't depend on him to do the, you can't depend on him against Houston, Baltimore. And then by week 12, you should have already decided what to do. with Burrow. Like you can't wait for him to play Pittsburgh in week 12. No, I agree. So yeah, I would say I'm in panic right now. And like I you agree. said, yeah,
1: my hair's on fire when it comes to Joe Burrow. <laughs> And then rounding out the patience or panic here. Um, you know, we wanted to pick people within the top fifty draft picks um or ADP preseason draft picks. Um Miles Sanders, running back for Carolina Panthers.
0: It's not even panic, it's I'm confident, sell. Don't even like if you he he's he's kind of in dropville, if I'm being honest with you. The only the, the only reason you might hold on to him, which I might It's because what are you going to do? Pick up a third-string running back? I guess you might as well keep Miles Sanders, who's technically on a depth chart as number one. But Chubba Hubbard gets all those touchdowns at the goal line and stuff like that. Miles Sanders is one of the most disappointing RB1s in this draft. I'm just being real about it. No, I
1: mean, like, you couldn't have said it better. And to to make matters worse, they have a a three-game stretch where they have decent, you know, matchups against Houston, Indy, Chicago. Those are, you know, not scary run defenses. But then they hit the meat of their schedule. They play Dallas. They play Tennessee. They play Tampa Bay. They play New Orleans. They play Atlanta. These are all, you know, I think top 10 run defenses in the NFL. And uh, I would probably look to sell him, you know, if he can have a decent game. I don't know if he's going to be back for Houston, but... If he has a decent game against Houston, Indy, Chicago, any of these next couple of weeks, when his stock rises, sell him, sell yeah. him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I wouldn't bail out other people in your league or anything like that, but I I would try to flip him for someone who has at least a better floor. You know, I think if if he gets anything above fifteen points when he comes back from his injury, just trade him right away.
1: Yeah, if you can get like Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. I'd even take a flyer on Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, like you know those tier running backs there. Possibly a Brian Robinson, a um. Yeah,
0: because Brian Robinson has a much better floor, right? Like he he's probably going to get you eight to twelve points every week, with the potential to get to twenty. Whereas Miles Sanders. You're you're lucky to get 6 points in that floor and you're hoping to get double digits. Like you're hoping. And it just hasn't happened.
1: Oh, you're not hoping, you're praying. Like it, you're lighting it, the candles. You're lighting the Jesus candles because he has done nothing this season unfortunately to like build confidence in, in starting him in your lineup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like he has gone he he's only been above and this is half PPR, so Take that with a grain of salt. He's only been above ten points once, and that was a game where he rushed for twenty-four yards and, and fell into the end zone. Other than that, he's been under ten points, and that's an RB one on a team. And like I think it does have something to do with the Bryce Young effect. I don't. I don't feel like Bryce Young has. I should say been as. He's no CJ Stroud. Uh, I'll put it that way. And Anthony Richardson, <laughs> CJ Stroud. They, I feel like they they went into the NFL f- like with both feet in, and I feel like Bryce Young just has it.
1: He's dipping his toes in the water.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so a good we'll way see. To put it.
1: We'll see. You know, if the second half of the season turns things around. But um, yeah, I would say panic and sell.
0: Are you ready to boom and bust?
1: I'm ready to boom, bust, and get them out of the
0: stadium. Um, I want to hear your boom. Homer, fight on, Jordan Addison. I started him this week with just pure, like, you know what? I was between him and George Pickens for me. And I had to sit George Pickens, who I feel is an established wide receiver in this league, in a very bad offense, versus Jordan Addison, who was in a pretty good offense, but he's no Justin Jefferson playing against a 49ers defense, but I was like, you know what? He's basically wide receiver one. You can say what you want about KJ Osborne, but, you know, and I know TJ Hawkinson eats himself, you know, like it's, but I was like, if Jordan Addison could go out there and have a good game, just a good game against the 49ers, that he might become set in for it until Justin Jefferson comes back. Not only did he have a good if game. If he comes back. If he comes back. Not only did he have a good game, He had a great game. And I think he could repeat the same thing against the Packers this week. Packers do have a pretty decent secondary themselves, but if he could do it against the 49ers, I think he could do it against the Packers. And to be honest, the Packers offense has not done any justice at all this year either. I actually think the Vikings are going to have a very decent chance of having a lot of offensive plays, a lot of time of possession in this game. And I think it's gonna all all it's gonna do is help Jordan Addison. Side note on the Vikings as well, Cam Akers looks pretty good, doesn't he?
1: Cam Akers (laughs) does look good. He um, actually had a lot more even split with Madison this past week, and so he's getting to that point where I'm starting to consider him as a flex option.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I have him in one of our leagues where I have legitimately no running backs in. I have a league where I have Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, and a bunch of uh, run, uh, third-string running backs trying to fill in the fill in the void. If Cam Akers could at least be a third-down back, you know, uh, it will help a lot. Um, who are you booming with?
1: So I talked down on this team earlier in the pod, and it's because you know they just they don't instill faith. But my boom of the week is going to be Drake London of the Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons. All right. I think Drake London was one one front flip yard away mm-hmm. from scoring a touchdown this past week. And the Falcons have been passing the ball a little bit better. And they're going up against the Tennessee Titans. And the Titans just traded away like their number one safety. And so I'm gonna take Drake London to have a bounce back game against Tennessee with at least fifteen plus fantasy points. And he's gonna get in the end zone this week.
0: I like that pick a lot. We both fought on with our first uh booms. Yeah, I didn't even realize
1: that until until you <laughs> mentioned that.
0: Uh who are you busing this week? This week. I wanna see you bust. My
1: bus. My bus. My bus. And I was a big believer, and I still am a big believer, but I think it's it's kind of regression to the mean is Brock Purdy quarterback oh. Brock Purdy, I think is going to bust this week against the Cincinnati Bengals um and this is gonna help Joe Burrow out a little bit, you know he's not gonna to have to worry about playing you know from behind um I think it's gonna be a back and forth game, and I don't think that Brock Purdy you know is gonna look like the dominant Brock Purdy that we've seen in the past. He struggled the last two games. I think he's in a slump. And I don't think he gets out of that slump this week against the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: You know I like that. I I was thinking about picking Brock, but I decided to go with a different quarterback. This is what I'm gonna bust on. I'm going with Tua. They're playing New England. And, you know, New England likes to, you know, cut the head off the snake, you know, cut the head off Leviathan kind of thing. They like to go for your star player and basically shut them down. And you're wondering, who th- who is that? Is that waddle? Is that a hill? Is a monster? Is- who is it? I actually think this week the real true head of Leviathan is going to be Tua. I think he's going to they're just going to shut him down. They're going to put pressure on him. They're going to um, force actually New England to maybe even run the ball a little bit more. If you think about it, Miami has done a really good job of putting a lot of points on the board, but a lot of it has been with the running backs. So even if Miami goes out there and has a very dominant performance, he's only reached above 20 points three times this season. Like for, for an offense that is as talented as Miami. In other games, he's gone 12, 13, 17, 10. So I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, yeah, the offense looks fine, but Tua still walks away with maybe I don't know, fifteen points. So I'm picking Tua to bust this week.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick. He only had twelve points last time they played New England. Um, they played in New England, so this this time around <laughs> they're going to play in Miami. But um, yeah, no, that's a good bust.
0: And do you want to do your out uh, your bus? Oh, you already did your bus. You want to do your yeah. out of the stadium <laughs> pick?
1: I did my bus, and now it's time for my out-of-the-stadium pick. And this one is a familiar name that you guys might know of. This isn't a crazy out-of-the-stadium pick, but the fact that they haven't been fantasy-relevant all season is what makes them an out-of-the-stadium pick. And I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Ooh. Right.
1: I think you know, they play Arizona this week. And I think this is a good get-right game for Baltimore to, you know, make that passing, you know, offense of theirs look even better. Um, it looked great against the Lions. Hey, the Lions were who we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> was- I called it. I called it. I called it. I said, this is going to be a test. And I just, I, the Lions were who I thought they were. It was and, funny. Um, you
0: sent you sent me a text halfway through the game, and then I responded with, "Well, they're still going to win the division."
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It what makes it worse, guys, is that the Lions. I I told Ryan I said the Lions heard me talking smack, and and they they said they said they dropped their beer and they said bet because uh, <laughs> Brian has Lamar Jackson as his quarterback, and I was like, okay, the Lions' defense is pretty decent. Maybe they'll put up a fight against you know you have Zay Flowers and Lamar.
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: they let me down. But Odell Beckham Jr. I think is going to get into the end zone for the first time this year. Give me 60-plus yards and a touchdown for Odell Beckham Jr. Give me 15-plus fantasy points for Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ winds back the clock this week, and he looks like old OBJ.
0: Uh, What's the over-under of one throw, one pass attempt by Odell Beckham Jr.?
1: I'm going to say over. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a trick play, some sort of jet sweep reverse mm-hmm. where Odell Beckham throws down the field to like Zay flowers or Mark Andrews or something. Mm-hmm. So give me the over. I, I give me one, at least one pass. All
0: right. So I will, do, I'll, I'll give you that. I said one, so I'll say 0.5. So the over is 0.5. So you, your one will, your one will count. Yeah. Cause I, I doubt it would be two. Um, my out-of-stadium pick. This this one will probably not have fantasy relevance in terms of points this week. But I, I saw the news report today, and I was like, huh. I think this is going to be relevant for a lot of dynasty owners, and it might be relevant for the future of this football team coming going forward. But there was a report today from the Titans that if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play, then he's going to have both backup quarterbacks play. One of them being Will Levis. And do I think he's going to go out there, you know, and th- have like 10 to 15, 20 fantasy points? No, I don't. But the reason why I'm picking him as my out of the stadium pick is I think the fantasy world should keep an eye on this on on his performance because if he starts throwing the ball like he was in the preseason and Throwing the ball like he was in training camp and how he did in college, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the quarterback moving forward, at least next season or at the end of this season. And so I think it's something to keep an eye on. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to pick him for any fantasy points. He might only have like three at the most. But if he looks good, I think it's something to be to keep an eye on.
1: That right there is Brian reading the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Brian has the script.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, he, he, he sent me the script in the email today, and I was like, oh, all right. Will Love is going to be the quarterback of the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did Mike Rabel send you the script or, or Will himself?
0: Uh, it was Mike Rabel. Oh, okay. Hmm. Cool guy. Yeah, he's, he's really nice. He, he even opened it up. He, he's like, I hope this, uh, email, uh, finds you well. <laughs> and I was like, oh, finds nice. <laughs> you well. <laughs> uh, Brian. Yes. Let the people know where they can find us on X. You can find us on X at OT fantasy F ball. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever it is, uh, you know, subscribe, like, tell us how you feel about the podcast, you know, tell your friends, be like, Hey, you know what? These guys don't give me all the fancy advice in the world, but they give me the fancy advice I enjoy the most. And that's what, that's what we're here for. So there you go.
1: I love that. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick second to say thank you for everybody who listens. We appreciate it. You know, we have a great time with this podcast. We love fantasy football. Um, You know, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you fantasy football and Tennessee Titan news. We'll see you guys on the next one. Have a good one.